0: Morena, and welcome to the Dawn Chorus. I'm Bernard Hickey. This is my daily podcast that goes out with an email newsletter every day uh, via Substack, and it's called the Kaka. I look at issues around housing unaffordability, climate change inaction, and poverty reduction in Aotearoa through the lens of the political economy, trying to work out what policies are coming, uh, whether they're working, uh, and how... Policies might change given the political environment. We have an emissions trading scheme, and we've had one for an awful long time. we were one of the first to have an emissions trading scheme, initially set up by the Clark Labor Government, and uh, was has been running ever since, in various forms. It's been watered down, it's been strengthened, it's been watered down again, and a big event happened yesterday which says the government now has a couple of major problems. So you may have heard of this policy bonfire. This is uh, over the last couple of months, the Labour government has become aware that it's not that popular. Uh, with swinging voters, and we saw uh, uh, Jacinda Ardern resign as Prime Minister and be replaced by Chris Hipkins. Actually, before she resigned, uh, she said she wanted to have a policy clear out, that Labour was doing too much, and needed to essentially get a whole bunch of unpopular policies off its books. Clearly, the cost of living crisis, high inflation, has uh, Uh, Force the government to think more about how it stops prices rising for what are described by some as uh, hard-working Kiwi families, uh, particularly those ones who are having to fill their cars with petrol and diesel regularly. Uh, Despite the fact that fuel prices are well below $3 a litre and well below where they were a year ago, Uh, The government has extended its fuel tax cuts substantially and in recent weeks has thrown out a whole bunch of policies designed to reduce climate emissions. And regular listeners will know from Tuesday's podcast, the day after the um, policy bonfire uh, second round, that uh, the government's thrown away its uh, cash for clunkers scheme its uh, electric car leasing scheme, and uh, has also uh, wound back a plan to slow down cars, which would have also reduced emissions. And this is, um, this is a big deal. It's been described as a policy bonfire. And the idea was that it would be uh, uh, an effective way for the government to uh, recover its popularity, which seems to have worked, uh, given what we've seen in the polls in the last uh, month or so. In part helped, of course, by the change of leadership, which has given Labour a fresh start in the minds of voters. However, uh, this policy bonfire actually blew up in the government's face yesterday, and you probably haven't heard of it, because it's all happening in the bowels of the emissions trading scheme, a market which is tough to understand, uh, but is important, because It uh, sets some of the prices that you probably pay and don't know about, uh, the price of fuel, the price of electricity in a roundabout way, and a lot of companies in Aotearoa have to uh, buy credits. There are a whole bunch who try to create new credits by planting planting forests. It's a big deal, and actually the government makes a lot of money by selling credits into the system. So, uh, Just before Christmas, without a lot of fanfare, the cabinet decided to change the policy settings for the Emissions Trading Scheme. Now this is all about what happens to the price and the safeguards in place to ensure that the price doesn't spike crazily high because of what's happening in the markets. And the Climate Commission recommended to the government uh, for a cabinet meeting in December that the government remove one of the safeguards, if you like, which would have stopped the price of carbon from rising. And this safeguard uh, is needed, the government thinks, to stop prices from rising really sharply all at once. However, as the Climate Commission recommended Uh, the government needs to let the price rise to be able to have the incentives to reduce emissions. That's the whole point of a price. But Cabinet decided to essentially uh, keep the safeguard in place and to do that, they've created a whole bunch of new credits in the eyes of traders, which effectively have flooded the market with credits. So... Every quarter the government releases credits into what it calls its price containment reserve and the markets have to uh, uh, look at what's going in and then bid for new credits in the market. Um, Now there is a secondary market that keeps going on and there is a trigger price which the government knows and sets often based off the secondary market price which they keep confidential And for every auction since the ETS has been going, there has been a successful purchase of credits uh, and the market has been functional. Well, yesterday the auction was held and in theory up to a billion dollars worth of uh, credits could have been sold there, at least a third of a billion dollars, but it failed. Essentially, no one wanted the credits, even though we have a climate crisis and a whole bunch of companies are keen to get their hands on it, what we've actually seen since that change in policy is a slump in the price of carbon in New Zealand from over $90 a tonne to more like $65 a tonne. Now that is way out of line with the prices we're seeing overseas, which are in the hundreds of dollars, not $65 a tonne. Now I heard about this obliquely through a bunch of places, but I wouldn't say I'm an expert on the emissions trading scheme. So I went and I had a chat to someone who definitely is. Christina Hood is a climate change policy advisor. She's the former head of the International Energy Agency's climate change unit and runs her own climate consultancy uh, from near Wellington. And I wanted to ask her uh, what actually happened yesterday in the Emissions Trading Scheme auction. And here's the discussion, which I think is a useful way to understand how the market works. Key thing to know is that she has used the idea of a packet of chocolate biscuits to explain it, and it works really well. Here's Christina Hood. I asked her about what happened in the Emissions Trading Scheme.
1: So the December decision was... Uh, pretty interesting one. So the Climate Change Commission had recommended uh, certain settings for the ETS and they had the, – the key one was that there's this thing called the cost containment reserve, which is some extra units that the market can access in, in a situation where prices spike really high. And the commission had said uh, – Put that well out of the way because this shouldn't be a normal part of the functioning of the market. It's like you know the packet of chocolate biscuits. If they're sitting on the kitchen bench, you help yourself to them. Let's shut them up in a box in the top of the pantry, we out of sight. You know, was the commission's Ah, advice. but I'll
0: always find the chocolate biscuits.
1: <laughs> um, or have your yeah partner hide them where you don't know where they are or something. <laughs> but um, and uh, officials. Uh, in their regulatory impact analysis, agreed with that. And actually, Minister Shore recommended that to Cabinet, and Cabinet disagreed. Uh, so, Cabinet decided instead to set that price much lower and so that the market would have ready access to a much, much larger volume of units. So, effect I don't think they understood what they were doing, to be honest, because when you go and look at the cabinet paper, the discussion was all about price. The discussion was all about, oh no, well, what might the impact on price be if prices went high or prices were low, and how do we deal with that, and what are the social impacts and so on? The discussion never circled back to the actual key question for meeting the targets, which is, okay, but if you try and lower the price by releasing more units into the market, every unit that you release allows an extra ton of emissions, and are you then allowing a level of emissions which is no longer consistent with the targets? And the cabinet paper and the discussion never circled back to consider that. So they have effecti- what they've effectively done is allowed the market ready access to an extra 42.5 million tonnes of units compared to what the commission recommended. By it, Heck, that's a truckload of chocolates. Yeah, it biscuits. is by, by setting the threshold so low that the market could easily reach it they know that yeah those biscuits are just there if they want them that volume is in my view inconsistent with meeting the budgets and I don't think you know there is a test in the law that says you're supposed to align it with the budgets so I don't think it is aligned with the budgets uh And so the reaction from the market has been really interesting, so if you make a few extra units available, the market might say, "Oh, yeah, okay, that's good. you know we'll that might moderate the price a little, But what's happened here is that they've turned on the fire hose, and the market is sort of sort of staring open mouthed and saying, "Well, yeah, but that's more units than is consistent with these targets. you know what the hell and it has undermined confidence that the government is actually committed to meeting these targets because they're releasing or they're allowing the market access to so many units. And so that has actually crashed the price in the market. So the, the market price has fallen from over $80 to around $65 lately in trading, and that just reflects the expectations of participants of where the price is going to be in the future and um so in the the auction on the 15th of march the uh the bids that were put in did not meet the there's a confidential reserve price which is based on something to do with how the market's been trading over the last period that that, you know clearly it's confidential we don't know how they set it but um that price was not met and the auction failed and no units were released so is that will an be. unusual thing for an auction
0: like that to fail?
1: Well, it's the first one that has failed. So in the past, not only have they succeeded, but the, all of these extra units from the Cost Containment Reserve have been released in the last two years. So it's a complete flip around and, uh, yeah, pretty interesting. So going from a perception last year, a perception that prices were going to climb quickly, that constraints were going to bind, that units were valuable, to a perception this year of uh, we don't know where things are headed, is it worth buying these things? So that one decision from Cabinet in December has had a really, really huge impact on confidence in the market.
0: And so now we have a, um, a carbon price in uh, openly traded markets down towards $60 a, a tonne whereas in other markets overseas, as you mentioned, and for other people who are thinking about future carbon prices, it's more like hundreds of dollars a tonne.
1: Yeah, well, the the EU price is around 100 euros right now.
0: So you're getting up towards $180 New Zealand a a tonne. And um, that just says that essentially the people who are serious about uh, trading – uh, credits, thinking about our climate policy, have looked at what the government's done in the last two or three months and gone, you know what, I don't think these guys are serious. Is that, am, I, am I right with that broad description?
1: Well, I, I mean, I don't know exactly what's in the heads of the people who are the, the traders in the market, but that to me seems to be a plausible explanation. Uh, like I said at the very beginning, this is a market that only exists because of political decisions and a regulatory constraint. So the confidence in the future price path is only as good as participants' confidence that current and future governments are going to stick by it and keep it tight and make it tough. And if they start to doubt that, then the, then it starts to unravel.
0: Christina Hood there, the uh, head of uh, Climate Compass, And uh, explaining, I think, well, how the government has not only shot itself on the foot, it appears to have just blown up its own emissions trading scheme by trying to um, pander to people wanting cheaper fuel prices. And uh, in the process, it's cost itself upwards of a billion dollars yesterday, potentially many, many billions more if the emissions trading scheme is now broken completely Uh, and just reinforces the problems that you have when you don't address climate change in a financial sense and in a structural sense. I'm Bernard Hickey. That was the Dawn Chorus for the Kaka on Thursday, March the 16th. Kaki Town.